is not like the devil who knocks the door down. He is a gentleman. He wants to be invited. So he said, do you want to get well? He was saying to this man, are you ready to walk away from this pool of false hope and let me help you? Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for being with us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Tag a Friend, with part two of the message, The Man at the Pool. Last time, we looked at how Jesus approached a crippled man who had lived a life of hopelessness, helplessness, and frustration. And Jesus cared enough to literally take a detour from the direction he was going in order to reach this man in his pain and heal him. I can't wait to share the rest of the story with you, so let's go right to part two of the message, The Man at the Pool. Everyone has turned their own way. Like sheep, we've wandered away from God. And not one person is exempted. Not one person is an exception. Not one. The Bible also testifies that just like these poor people languishing at that pool, we can't help or save ourselves. The Bible says that only one made it down to the water when the water is stirred. The rest of them couldn't make it. The rest of them remained sick. We can't help or save ourselves just like they can't, couldn't. Before a person knows Christ, the Bible says he lives in this world without God and without hope, Ephesians 2.12. Without God and without hope. The Bible goes a step further and says, and you know, I never saw this until re- I've been preaching 40 years. And I have never seen it like I saw this this week. This hit me and I'd never caught it. Catch this now. The Bible tells us that we don't even have the capacity to seek God apart from his help. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. So unless the Spirit draws you, When you hear the preaching of the word, when you hear the testimony of Jesus Christ and the spirit draws you, if he doesn't draw you, if he doesn't convict you, you will never realize your state. Romans 3 verse 10, listen to this. No one is righteous. No, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. No one. But Pastor Jeff, I know people that are seeking God, not that God. There's people seeking idols. There's people seeking the God of their own choice, the God that they choose, the God that they want. But the Bible is telling us that fallen man will never seek the true holy God unless the Holy Spirit pricks him, calls him, allures him, draws him. So when you feel that drawing, friend, you better run to Jesus. So just like the crippled, blind, and paralyzed surrounding the pool of Bethesda, we also are spiritually crippled, unable to walk the path that God has called us to walk. We're blind in that we cannot see the truth 
without God's help, and we're paralyzed and that we can't save ourselves. Folks, I couldn't save myself, and you can't save yourself. Salvation is all of him and none of us. By grace you were saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, lest any man should boast, but it is a gift of God. Salvation is all of him and none of us. None of us. So I say again, when you feel that drawing and that calling on the part of God, calling you to Jesus Christ, run to him. Because you may not ever be drawn like that again. The Bible is very clear about our helpless condition with respect to saving ourselves. Listen to this. While we were still without strength, helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for the good man somebody would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. You might die for a good man. You might die for a righteous man. Probably nobody in here would do even that. I wish I could say I would, but I would chicken out. I might do it for one of my children, Kathy, but it stops there. And even then you'd have to anesthetize me. <laughs> but Jesus stretched out his hands and feet and died for you and me when we were spitting in his face. That's love. Say with me, Jesus, thank you. Dying for me when I was helpless. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that good? That's worth coming to church for right there. Now, everything I just told you about somebody lost, not okay, it applies to anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ personally. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, friends, loved ones, all of them, they're all helpless, can't save themselves unless God the Holy Spirit touches them and they are drawn when they hear the gospel. And that's going to happen on 11.9. Now, the next thing we see in our story, first you've got Jesus coming on the scene. First thing you've got is that crowd that Jesus sees, but then you've got a pool. Now, when I read this story, I've got to tell you, for me, the pool of Bethesda is not a place of hope. The pool of Bethesda is a picture of false hope. When I read about this pool, I see a place of false hope. Listen to the way it's described. It says all the sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waited for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Don't you know when that water stirred, there was a race. Now I want you to picture something with me. Again, that looks to me like a pool of false hope. Hundreds were gathered at this pool. They all sat there waiting with bated breath for the waters to suddenly be stirred by an angel. Can you imagine this? Now we're not told how often the waters are stirred. Once a day, once a month, once a year. We don't know. We're not told. But we do know that when that water stirred, and it says by an angel, that there was a race for that water, and the first person that touched that water was healed. You know, you can be sure of one thing, that every eye was peeled on that pool all day long. When they went to sleep, they went to sleep with one eye open. When they talked to somebody, they didn't look at them, they were staring at that pool. 
Because if I see that water stir and I make it down to that pool, I'm healed. If I'm the first one to touch it, I'm healed. But folks, can you imagine living this kind of life? That's no life. This was not a great situation. This was not something you would want. Can you imagine living with the endless tension, the inability to lean back and rest with your eyes closed, lest you miss the moving of the water? Can you imagine living that way? And on top of that, only one person got healed while the rest experienced frustration and dashed hope over and over and over and over again. And, you know, this occurred to me. The one that did get healed was the one who needed it least because he was healthy enough to get to the water first. So the terminal, the paralyzed, the truly needy couldn't make it. They couldn't get down there. They had to watch the healthiest among them run and get healed of whatever it was and then jump and leap and have the greatest day of their life while they themselves sat there with deferred hope, which makes the heart sick. Well, we missed it again. I missed it again, missed it again. The pool of Bethesda offered no real answer for the dilemma of 99% of them. So it was a pool of false hope. Now I see in this story the illustration of the entire human race whose eyes are peeled on various things that they believe are going to heal their pain. America's full of such things. There are so many pools of Bethesda, pools of false hope in America. You can start with the major cults, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science. We had dinner with a couple Friday night, and when Kathy and I drove up, two young Mormon men on their bicycles were just two houses down, and the woman who had us over uh, to say hello said, man, they were just outside. I was hoping you'd get here before they moved on. But I look at these young men who get out there on these bikes, and they go from home to home doing their missionary duty, according to the Mormons. And I think of a pool of false hope, cults, Christian science. So many of the so-called Hollywood actors and actresses are involved in Christian science. Tom Cruise, oh, so many of them. And I read about them and I think, what a shame, because it's a pool of false hope. They claim to be the answer for troubled souls. Yet for every one person who claims to have been helped, multitudes more remain frustrated, confused, and lost. Because it doesn't satisfy. It's a false stream. And then there's the self-help programs led by various gurus promising to know the way to life and a peace. And we've all heard them. Oprah always had them on her show, these various people. And now there's Oprah's life class, promising fulfillment other than Christ. One guru, I looked him up, and I want to quote to you what this guru teaches his people, said, the individual's need for fulfillment can be satisfied by turning within themselves to contact a constant source of peace and joy. Well, doesn't that sound pretty? There's no answer within you. As a matter of fact, you don't find anything looking in. You find something looking up. The Bible says, look up, looking unto Jesus. Pools of false hope like these people who sat in front of this pool day after day, year after year, hoping that it was going to give them some kind of an answer, some kind of a healing. Still other people move to the false pool of drugs or the pool of 
religion or the pool of materialism. If I can just earn enough, if I can acquire enough, own enough things and stuff, I'll be happy and fulfilled. But they never are. They never have enough. Have you ever noticed that? And they reach the end of their life with hot sand sifting through their fingers, having walked through the desert of this world, chasing mirage after mirage that didn't satisfy. So many things promise they're going to heal you and bless you and save you and bring you peace, but they don't. I had a friend who just got back from Scotland, and I talked to him yesterday. He said, Jeff, I was just in Scotland. I was there for that historic vote. But he said, you know, he said, man, those Scottish people do nothing but drink. He said, in the morning, they start with beer. And in the afternoon, they start with the whiskey. And they drink all day long. If you're from Scotland, I'm Scottish, so don't get at me. He was just there. But he said, he said, a bunch of them just seem like functioning alcoholics. And he said, do you know what they call alcohol? And I said, what? And he said, they call it living water. And I said, it made me want to get on some television show in Scotland. I said, let me tell you where the real living water is. Living water is not alcohol. Let me tell you, church, there's no answer at the bottom of that bottle. Alcohol is the water of regret, the water of bad decisions. No, listen, I can tell you about a water that once you drink of it, you will never thirst again. Jesus said it's the Holy Spirit of the living God. And Jesus gives the Holy Spirit without measure. And thank God he knocked on the door of my heart one day and showed me that that's where the real life was. So I drink, but I don't drink alcohol. I drink from the fountain of living waters that Jesus gives. What about you? But... Just like this crowd of needy people gathered at Bethesda's pool, we experience frustration and disillusion with all these various false options. And it reminds me of one of Isaiah's penetrating questions to his own straying people. Listen to what he said. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And why do you spend your wages for that which does not satisfy? And then he said, listen carefully to me. This is God talking through the prophet. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Let me tell you, folks, Jesus won't let you down. You will never get in trouble for drinking of that water and it won't destroy you. It will heal you. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I want you to know that out there, so many people you know are at the pools of false hope. And every day they're hoping that something changes their life, that something sets them free, that something answers the call and the cry of their soul. And you have the answer. Which leads me straight to what happened next. It's good news. The Savior paid a visit to the pool of Bethesda. Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus, the light of the world, Jesus, the good shepherd, Jesus, the satisfier of the hungry soul, visited the pool of Bethesda. And I noticed something. Jesus chose to go there. No one at that pool knew to go send somebody to find Jesus and bring him there. Jesus was on his way to a celebration and being the Jesus I know, 
He said, celebration can wait. I'm going where the pain is. I'm going where the need is. I'm going where the hurt is. I'm going where the bound are. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to reveal the source of real hope and not false hope. So in his sovereign will, Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda because he wanted to. Let me ask you a question. Aren't you glad Jesus visited your Bethesda one day? I remember my Bethesda. I was sitting in juvenile home. I had been seeking something at the place of false hope, and it was drugs. But when I was sitting in juvenile home, Jesus decided to come into my Bethesda. And Jesus sent somebody to talk to me. And when I heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost reached out and grabbed me by the heart and drew me near to him. I felt the conviction of sin, the conviction of judgment to come. I knew that if the judge I was about to see knew a little bit of what I did, the judge I was hearing about knew everything that I did. But Jesus was an attorney who was free, pro bono. That if I brought to him my sin, he would bring to me his righteousness. And so sitting in juvenile home, he visited my Bethesda. He sovereignly came to me. And when I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin and come into my heart, he came into me and fellowshiped with me and changed my life. What about you? If he hadn't come knocking, you'd still be there. If he hadn't come and called our name, we'd still be languishing at some pool of false hope. But thank God he came knocking. And if any man hears my voice, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. And church, somebody you know needs deliverance from false pools of false hope and they need it today. Now what blesses me in this story is that Jesus, when he visited the pool, he had hundreds to choose from. He chose the worst of the worst to reach. He walks up to this man who'd been 38 years. We don't know what happened to him. We know that he wasn't born paralyzed because he was older than 38. Something happened. He had an accident or some disease, but he lost his ability to walk, his ability to move. He's paralyzed. He's been for 38 years hoping, wishing, seeking, reaching. What's my answer? What's going to help me? How am I ever going to get out of this? He couldn't help himself. He was crippled physically. He didn't know who Jesus even was. He was blind spiritually. His hope was in frail man. He said, I have no man to help me into the pool. He said to Jesus, this man was destined to lie there in the hopeless spot by this pool of Bethesda until he died, except for the sovereign hand of Jesus Christ who came walking into his life just because he chose to. No wonder it's called amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me because I didn't know to reach out to him. I didn't know to turn to him. But he came to me and Jesus singled him out and talked to him and said, he asked him a very strange question. He said, do you want to get well? I've been here 38 years. Do I want to get well? It's like going up somebody with a flat tire on the highway has been sitting there for a year. You want a tire? 
And I thought, why would Jesus ask him that? And then it occurred to me why he did. Here's why Jesus said, do you want to get well? Because he always wants to be invited into our pain. He wants to be invited into our dilemma. He wants to be invited into our situation. He is not like the devil who knocks the door down. He is a gentleman. He wants to be invited. So he said, do you want to get well? He was saying to this man, do you want me to help you? Are you ready to walk away from this pool of false hope and let me help you? Are you ready? And then there's another reason I really believe Jesus asked him that because some people, I've seen this in my own ministry, though they need to be healed badly, they don't want it badly enough to come to him, the real source of healing. I've had people tell me, oh, I know I'm all messed up, but I'm going to stay right here with this pool of false hope. I'm going to stay with this that has never helped me, this idol, this thing that has never done it for me, but I don't want to come to him. And that's where Jesus said, this is the condemnation. That light came into the world and men love darkness rather than light. So Jesus said, I want you to welcome me, invite me, receive me. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you open the door, I will come in and sup with you and you with me. But you've got to open the door. And this man said, you got it. Yes, I want to be healed. Now, we don't read him saying that, but clearly it was in his face. It was in his eyes. Jesus sensed in him a, an acceptance. So Jesus said those incredible words to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly, the power of God surged into his atrophied muscles, enabling him to stand up whole and healed. And what 38 years at the pool of false hope couldn't do, Jesus did in 60 seconds flat. Amen. Now here's the application for us today. Let me just bring this home. All around us, people are at the pool of Bethesda. And our Jesus has called us here. He walked into your pool of Bethesda and he saved you. He delivered you. He healed you. Yes, you go through stuff. Yes, you hurt sometimes. You're not in some supernatural bubble of protection where you don't ever feel pain. But the bottom line is you're saved by grace. He is sustaining you. He is leading you. He is restoring you. He is transforming you. You've got hope in a hopeless world. We know that though it looks like the world is falling apart, he's got everything under control. We have peace in the middle of a storm. We know him. But all around you, friends and family and co-workers are at the pool of Bethesda. And they're not being helped. And they need for Jesus to walk into their situation. that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're encouraged over Jesus' willingness to reach people like the man at the pool and change their life. Now stay tuned for some very important messages. The Man at the Pool is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Tag a Friend. 
You can own a copy of this 4 CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Tag a Friend, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. For those of you who will help Life Talk reach America with God's Word, Jeff has written a beautiful booklet entitled, Let the Journey Continue, The Spirit-Filled Life. Let the Journey Continue is a beautifully designed companion booklet to our last month's offer, Let the Journey Begin. Let the Journey Continue explains in a simple, easy-to-read style what the Bible teaches about walking in the Spirit. This will surely be a helpful addition to your spiritual resources library. And Let the Journey Continue would make a great gift for that teen in the house, friend, co-worker, or spouse that might be struggling to understand how to live the Christian life in victory. Don't miss this beautifully illustrated little booklet for a gift of any size to helping Life Talk take God's Word to America. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Mm-hmm.